This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Thursdays. The voice of the Golden Gophers and the sports director at uh, MNN, Mike Grimm, uh, joins us. And uh, Grimmer, back from the Frozen Four. You've been on the road quite a bit here recently, so I'm sure it's nice to be home a, a little bit. But uh, first, tell us about your experiences there at the Frozen Four. And unfortunately, the national championship just eludes the Gophers yeah. by a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was a great week, um, right up until two minutes and forty-seven seconds left in that in that championship game when they let that goal slip in to tie it, and then yeah. they just they just couldn't get back into into an aggressive gear. And obviously, the overtime ended so quickly that nobody nobody knew what happened. You know, by the time it was done, it was like that 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 was fast. Yeah. Um, so, but the week was great. Gopher fans showed out big. I mean that that championship game. I'm going to say that's a 18,000 seat arena, and there were I'm going to say 14 probably Gopher fans there. Wow. 14,000. Nice. Um, it was it was just great, you know, and to see them all out in the sunshine when it was, um, you know, kind of chilly back here was good. But that that team, you know, had basically delivered all year. Every every time they um, had something happen, they they you know had just had a great year. So it was really. It was really unfortunate they end up, you know, winning the Big Ten championship and then they stubbed their toe in the Big Ten uh, tournament championship against Michigan in a similar kind of game, frankly, where the game where they, they were ahead most of the way and then a couple of third-period goals. And, um, you know, it was, it was a shame. Uh, that was a devastated locker room. I've never been in one quite like that. That was a, a group of guys that had, uh, you know, had, had uh, come, you know, five of those guys had come back that probably could have turned pro. And then they brought in 11 new guys, and they all uh, – I think one of the underrated parts of that team is how they all came together. Um, and, and, of course, they're talented. We know that, and talent matters. But, it, you know, we've seen talented teams, you know, that are dysfunctional. And that there was potential on that team to be dysfunctional, given all the old guys, all the young guys. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about guys who are draft picks, that you know, there could be selfish reasons you might want to – have stats and all kinds of things, and none of that uh, surfaced. It was just an incredible group, and they were right there. I mean, they were on the cusp of, of that season-long dream, and then and then it just got uh, yanked out from underneath them. And um, yeah, that was a pretty pretty uh, somber locker room, man. That was a that was a hard one to go into. Yeah, you know, and it's really tough in hockey to have single elimination tournament. I know you have to do it. Time constraints, number of games played would get to be too many if you played even a best of three series uh you know once once you get to the you know frozen four or the championship play a best of three but when it's a single game and there's a lot of pressure and you can't afford to kind of draw back a little bit which is what it felt like the gophers did in that third period yeah, and I think it was by design. I think they felt like their decor was good enough that they could sit on that lead, and and you know, I think that that's going to be something that that uh, that they'll be thinking about. Um, uh, that 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 will be something that they'll you know I, I you know I, I think they feel like that was the right strategy. And look, they were within a couple of minutes of that strategy paying off. That said, a, a third goal basically ends that game at some point, right? I think. Yep. Um, and, and the re, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not as big of a hot, you know, I don't know. I don't have instincts for hockey quite like a, 
not quite as good as my great instincts of football and basketball, but um, you know, I say that tongue in cheek a little bit, but I don't have the instincts in hockey. Sure. Um, so it's hard for me to really, you know, make a hard line stand, but just talking with different people who really do know hockey, um, it, there is a mixed bag in opinions on this as to, um, in fact, I was at go for football practice on Tuesday and a couple of the media guys there who absolutely know what they're talking about when it comes to hockey were like, yeah, one was like, yeah, the Gophers put it in the deep freeze on purpose. And the other was like, I think Quinnipiac, you know, forced their hand that, that, that they, they took over the game with their style of play. And I, I just, I mean, I, I know Quinnipiac's good. I mean, they were the second best team in the country, ranked second all year. Uh, obviously, they turned out to be the best team in the country by winning it. But um, I also, uh, just out of curiosity, went back and looked. Uh, they played 40 games, and only three teams had fewer shots than 15. Minnesota had 15 shots on goal. Minnesota's the best offensive team in the country. Yeah. So I, I just can't believe that they – that just somehow Quinnipiac was able to shut down the best offensive team in the country better than they did 37 other teams. It just, yeah. it, without some help. So I don't think there's any doubt the Gophers thought that was the, the best way. And um, in talking with some other folks, it sounded like they, they wanted to prevent odd man rushes. Ohio state had 34 shots against them in the elite eight game to get to the frozen four um, and lost that game four to one. That however was a two to one game late. They got a couple of empty net goals, which put them away, but um, you know, to me, if Ohio State's generating 34 shots on goal, there's no way Minnesota should be um, attempting 15. So it was it was by design, and that's something they'll have to think about as to whether that was um, the way to do it or not. Because I think a third goal uh, ends that game at any point. They had they had two good chances uh, um, to score, and um, in the third, and they couldn't score on either, and that was it. They didn't generate anything else. And again, I think it was almost on purpose. So it was too yeah. bad. We've already seen Brock Faber contribute to, to the Wild. Uh, Lacombe is headed to the NHL with the LA Kings as well. Snuggerud decided to stay, but that's something with, uh, you know, college hockey. Those guys, they get drafted, and then they keep playing college hockey, but they're still property of their NHL team, and sometimes those negotiations uh, happen where they then uh, leave their squad. Sometimes don't they leave even before the season is over? NHL teams offer them a little bonus to, to take yeah. off from their college program? Yeah, that's generally frowned upon that the NHL teams do that. But if you remember Jack LaFontaine, the uh, gopher goalie, that's how Justin Close got his starting job back, uh, would have been January of 21. Um, he left the team right after Christmas uh, to sign with the Carolina Hurricanes. And um, Justin Close was at that point kind of the backup that nobody really knew about. And the next thing you know, he ends up, you know, having this great run with the Gophers. But uh, so he has, I remember Kylo Poso left way back when. Um, generally, it doesn't happen, but it, that doesn't mean it doesn't. Um, usually they'll wait till the end of the year, but you're right. Lacombe actually, I think is with the, uh, with the ducks. I think he signed with the ducks and he made his debut either last night or the night before Matthew Nye signed with the, with the, I almost said blue Jays with the uh, maple Leafs. And, um, he, he already has an assist in a game. And then as you mentioned, Faber, um, played his debut the other night in Chicago. My hunch is he'll play tonight. I think the wild are going to rest what I would call their regular guys tonight because this game doesn't mean much in, in uh, Nashville tonight. Yeah. That said, I thought Faber played well enough the other night that he made a, he, he can make a bid to be one of the top six defensemen for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, they changed that rule. Remember last year and previous years, uh, Ben Myers, for example, 
Um, he signed with the uh, Avalanche last year, but it came after that deadline, so he couldn't play in the playoffs with them. He was a former Gopher, um, and so he didn't get to – I mean, he was part of the team, but didn't get to play into that ride for the uh, for the Stanley Cup. And um, had that been this year, it's my understanding that he would have. Uh, it's my understanding that Faber and these guys are eligible for postseason. So I, I think, you know, the, the, the Wild, you know, their fifth, sixth defenseman are just okay. And I thought Faber uh, played great the other night. He let him in minutes in Chicago. So we'll see uh, what, what his future is. Certainly he's going to play a lot for the Wild, you know, for years to come. I mean, he's a guy, you know, if, if he stays healthy, he'll be a – a multi-year uh, NHL player. He's yeah. just that good. And, and I'm telling you, that's the kid I felt uh, bad for the most. I mean, I felt for them all, the comb two of these seniors. Um, but Faber, you know, he could have been playing for the Wild this entire season and said he's coming back to play for the for the Gophers. And, you know, the talk is cheap, and they were there to deliver. I mean, they were there on the cusp of winning that thing. So he was he was pretty despondent at the end of that game. Yeah. And then the next day you're signing a, you know, I don't know what he made, and probably, I'm sure, you know, seven-figure deal with the Wild, and, and now he's in the NHL. But uh, you're right, this team will look a little different next year. Next big shoe to drop will likely be uh, Logan Cooley. You mentioned Snuggerud's back. Cooley was his line mate on that very good line, which which was a great line, but really was was quiet the entire NCAA tournament. They they really feasted with lines two and three through that whole tournament. Um and, and Cooley's an interesting deal. He was the third overall pick in the draft last year, and almost everyone assumed he'd be a one-and-done. Um, and then he went out and had just a tremendous season where he was a finalist, a hat-trick finalist in the Hobie Baker Award, which is the, the basically the Heisman Trophy of college hockey. He was in the final three. And, um, and, and so there was, there's still thought that, that, you know, he's going to go pro. However, uh, there was a little bit of scuttlebutt when I was down on the frozen four and, 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 um, and the idea was Arizona is the team that drafted him and they're no good, right? Uh, they're yeah. kind of a mess right now. They're playing in a college rink and all this stuff. Yep. And there's a theory that, that, that Arizona is kind of like, Hey, play one more year at college because we don't want to waste one of these, uh, one, you know, because when you sign that rookie deal, you know, you, you, it's a three-year deal usually. You don't want to waste one on a team that's going to be no good. And so there was a – there's a, and, and Cooley might even be like, why do I want to sign now? Um, you know, I can – I can um, wait until maybe they get their, you know, what in order and, and, and uh, join them a little later. Cause he, he too, like these guys is probably one of these guys that is not going to ride a bus around the AHL. He's going to be an NHL player from day one. Um, so we'll see. I think most people thought Cooley would be a one and done. I, you know, I don't know where I'd put the percentage at, but it's not zero that, that he is a one and done um, or it's not a hundred. I guess I should say that he's yeah. one and done. It's, it, it, it's not zero that he's not coming back. I think there's a chance now, and that would be a, a big boost certainly for these Gophers. And they have again the number one recruiting class in the country now for the second straight year, and so um, they're going to add some some really good newcomers as well. Matthew Nye is leaving for Toronto as well. Another guy uh, who was a 21 draft pick uh, by them. Uh, let's talk football a little bit. Uh, I know you've been on the road. Some have you been to any Gopher practices? Do they let guys such as yourself in to watch these practices? They're yeah, not, they're yeah. not all open. Yeah, I was at Tuesdays. Um, we, uh, I got back on, on, I guess, early Sunday morning. I flew back with the team, the hockey team, on Saturday night, overnight. We got back in around 5 in the morning, I guess, and 
it was uh, it was uh, you know pretty pretty low uh, low energy flight as you might guess coming yeah. off that that devastating loss. So yeah, back to normal and now um, yeah practice on Tuesday. Today's Thursday. They'll practice again today. They go basically Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and we're heading into you know next week, a week from Saturday already. It'll be the spring game. So uh, Tuesday's practice was interesting because. Um, there were mistakes being made and PJ was getting mad at him. And then afterwards, when we talked to PJ, he was like, well, that's part of, you know, that's uh, as he says, failures or failing is growth. And um, he said, it's all part of pushing them. He goes, his line and again you know he has all kinds of them he said uh, our our job is to make sure they fail and then they learn from it and they go again and he said they're putting a lot of pressure on these guys to try different things uh but he was particularly upset during a couple of ter- during a, a short stretch of practice i'm gonna say like this two minute stretch where they could not get the offense lined up and he was actually not just even screaming at the players he was also screaming at the offensive coaches and it was a, it was a pretty interesting couple minute segment but uh, that's what springs for that's what springs for they you know they're going to have some shoes to fill and uh, the quarterback I'm telling you he's got just a cannon for an arm and he can run and if they can get uh, him close to playing to his ceiling um, they got a chance to be a good football team there's no doubt about that yeah Kelly Ekman as you're referencing there they had a, a redshirt freshman QB sounds like has left the team this Jacob Knuth out of South Dakota yeah, I think it's just the uh, the new age of of transfer portal. Knuth yeah. probably saw some writing on the wall. Think about this; he's one year behind Kaliak Manis, and all the all he's heard since the end of last year is how great Kaliak Manis is, and yeah. on down the line. So, barring injury, he's not going to play much. Um, Cole Kramer right now has been running as backup quarterback. He's the senior from Eden Prairie. So if something would happen to Kelly McManus, Kramer would be the guy. And Drew Viado is a true freshman who enrolled early in January, and he's been getting some reps as well. And that and, and again, none of that is a knock on on Jacob Knuth from Sioux Falls. There's a there's a chance he can play somewhere. And yeah. so that's that's just the the new age. I think Minnesota has had now I think fifteen maybe it's 17 transfers since the end of last year and everyone's losing their mind over it. And I'm like, just take a look around. I think Wisconsin's at 15. Iowa um, has not had many lately, but right when that season, and they had like seven or eight guys within two days all uh, bolt out of there. And then you, you end up adding. And quite honestly, in some cases, I don't know if that's the case with this guy, with Knuth, but in some cases, um, you 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 are okay probably with some guys leaving. You need to clear some space for scholarships or needs elsewhere. Um, there's no doubt now they're going to need to add some transfers at the defensive back position with 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 what hit them. Uh, their receiver receiver room because of the flip side of that because of the portal uh, went from being very thin to being robust now. I mean they've got a really good wide receiver room. Same with running backs. They've plenty of running backs. Knock on wood at this point. So. Um, you know, uh, since the portal went in, Todd, I'd say that Minnesota is a net gain in terms of okay. what you lost and what you brought in. You've probably gotten more out of what you got in than what you lost. Bucky Irving is the one that stings, the running back who is at Oregon. He certainly could have been a factor last year in that Purdue game where, where Ibrahim uh, missed and probably would have won that game because um, they, they didn't have good running back play in that contest. But, um, you know, and, and, and a few others here and there. But outside of that, I think it's been a net gain. Uh, it'll be interesting to see here because they've definitely lost some quality guys, particularly some defensive backs, and uh, we'll see where what it and some defensive line. But they had some depth there with young guys, so we'll see where that takes them.
you know, uh, it's almost like I've forgotten that teams redshirt guys. It doesn't seem like that happens as much, but it, it, it still is a, a useful part uh, for programs. And, and the Gopher basketball team had a, a redshirt uh, last year named Caden Betts that, that uh, Ben Johnson is talking about and saying that uh, people are going to be pretty excited about him uh, next year. And, and a redshirt freshman means he's a little older. He has a little more experience, uh, but has been with your program. So he's excited about that young man. Yeah, definitely benefit of, of doing that. And football, you know, like you mentioned, there's still quite a few red shirts. Basketball, there just aren't many. Yeah. Um, partially because of the, of the of the portal. The guys want to play. They don't want to sit. This kid um, was supposed to be a senior last year. He, 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 he uh, went, I don't know what the word is. He, he you know, d- d- skipped it. <laughs> he reclassified. That's what the, the technical term is. He, okay. re- he reclassified. So at the end of his junior year, he had enough high school credits or took enough between that and the time he enrolled in Minnesota to get his degree, uh, his, his high, or diploma, his high school diploma. And so he should have been a high school senior last year. So when you think about it, it really, um, he, he should, he wasn't going to be playing high school or uh, college basketball. So it made sense. He's in, um, he wasn't ready to play probably big 10 basketball, but now he knows the system. Now he knows the, uh, the, the way, you know, Ben Johnson handles practices and travel and all that stuff. And um, he knows his teammates. And so, yeah, he should absolutely be a step ahead of the rest of his quote-unquote class, which will be coming in, you know, uh, wherever, you know, all, uh, all over the country. Guys that were seniors in high school last year will be freshmen in, in June. Most of them will be entering class in June. Yep. And, um, and he'll have a step ahead. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's a, he's a wing. He's six 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 seven. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see where he goes. I we, I honestly watched a lot of practices, but the red shirts quite honestly don't get a lot of time, right? And, yeah. and that that's part of within the season. It's really unique because basically you, you the the NCAA mandates you get a week off. I'm sorry, you get a day off a week, and then between travel days and game days and basketball, especially practices, there's not much going on in practice. And the little practice time you get, you're really concentrating on the guys who are going to be on the court uh, and playing. So um, he, he is a bit of a mystery man. I don't think there's any question about that. What he did uh, gain, though, uh, aside from some experience just going, is like I said, just the process. Yeah. Like he, he going to class, um, uh, you know, h- how it all works, what practices are like, all that. So he'll be a step ahead from that standpoint. Grimmer, thanks so much. You got always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you. Todd and Friends Podcast is brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at KWLM.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.